Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Fierce Telecom Podcast. My name as always is Alejandro Pinero from the Fierce team and I'm your host for today and I'm very excited about this week's guest. I'm joined by Jeff Hollingworth, Chief Marketing Officer at Rakuten Symphony. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Alejandro. It's great to be here. So, Jeff, uh, we start the same way every podcast. I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself for those uh, of our listeners who perhaps aren't familiar with you, but also perhaps about Rakuten Symphony and uh, perhaps the elevator pitch for Symphony before we get into the details. Yeah, no, great. Thank you. Maybe the best way for me to introduce myself and who I am is by going back all the way to when I was 14 years old and, and my parents actually bought me one of the first home computers. It was a ZX Spectrum. Uh, it, it was 16K uh, and uh, they were generous enough to buy the additional 32K expansion pack. So it was a whopping uh, uh, 48 uh, kilobyte machine. Uh, but what happened then was that uh, I taught myself to code. So uh, I've been a software developer since the age of 15 or so. Uh, I actually, when I went to school, uh, computer science wasn't a proper, uh, proper subject at school. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, in England, you do A-levels to get to university. The computer science uh, A-level wasn't even recognized as a subject. Uh, so... Uh, I went and studied computer science at university and spent my first 10 years of professional life, first at CERN, the nuclear uh, research facility, uh, particle physics lab, uh, but then at Ericsson, right at the start of mobile. Uh, and uh, I worked for 10 years as a software developer, uh, running software teams in, inside R&D. Uh, and then have slowly moved through the industry, either through business development, running consulting organizations, marketing organizations, and uh, working inside different companies like AT&T and, and other uh, media properties like Volvo Ocean Race, uh, up till now, where I am the, the chief marketing officer of uh, of Rakuten Symphony. But the reason I start with explaining that I'm a software developer is that I feel like I'm the luckiest person on the planet because I think if you know how software works, you can understand how the planet has actually got programmed. And the planet has got programmed over the last 20 years or so. Uh, so I'm very, very fortunate in the sense that I can see how things work, how things are supposed to work. I... Uh, uh, through an engineer's eye, but then translate that into things that that are helpful to people outside of engineering. Uh, and then Rakuten Symphony is uh, is the latest uh, business inside the Rakuten Group, and the Rakuten Group is the Amazon of uh, Japan. Basically, they they uh, have something called Rakuten Ichibar, which is the online shopping. But now they they are have the Rakuten Bank, Rakuten Credit Card, Rakuten Rewards. It's a point system, uh, and it decided to build a mobile network in 2018. 
And uh, they couldn't afford to do it the traditional way. So they did it the way an internet company would do it. And if you build something like an internet company, you build it in software. So it's the the most software-defined uh, network, uh, the most virtualized network, uh, the most modernized network. Uh, and now we're taking the software that was built to to make Rakuten Mobile uh, operate so efficiently, and we're making that available to other operators around the world to help them modernize as well. So, Jeff, let me ask you this, and um, I love it when in the introduction, uh, you know, you, you bring it back to when you were 14. There, there's usually some trepidation when we go that far back, but I, I can completely see your point uh, around software and um, and coding, and especially for where you are now with Rakuten, right? I mean, we've been talking about software-based networks, software, you know, SDN, NFV, virtualization of networks for, for a while. Um, it's certainly a topic that's been floating around the industry. Uh, why now then? You know, why why does it make sense for, uh, for these CSPs, these operators, to look to Rakuten Symphony and other companies uh, you know, software-based uh, network uh, infrastructure providers. Um, is it a matter of uh, of the cost pressure? Is it 5G bringing that requirement? Why is this suddenly such a, a huge undertaking where it's a, it, perhaps in the past was a nice to have? What we see happening in telecom is no different from what we're seeing happen in every single other industry that exists around us. Uh, and it's really the replacement of physical infrastructure processes and approaches and seeing how you can reinvent to deliver the same solution, but deliver it through software. Because if you can deliver it through software, you can perform a completely different level of agility, a different level of efficiency, and a different level of insight because of the data that's connected at that software level. So uh, I think the telecom industry previously was forced, I mean, if, if let's describe it this way. Uh, in the 1990s, when I started and mobile was just taking off, the, the telecom industry was the most advanced distributed uh, uh, technology on the planet already at that point. It just connected buildings. What we did is then connect people. And the way we did that was by deploying what we call appliances, which is uh, uh, software plus hardware when we rolled it physically out. There wasn't any other infrastructure doing that. Now, when the internet turned up, if, if you're old enough to remember, it's actually piggybacked on top of that physical infrastructure that was in place. And then it started running software-defined and software business models. And suddenly, the old models were no longer competitive with the new models. It didn't it didn't matter. I At one point in my life when I worked at CERN, I used to drive to Geneva Airport in the morning to pick up the Sunday newspaper every weekend. And I could get the Sunday newspaper at 9 a.m. Sunday morning. And it had only been printed at 6 a.m. 
And it was amazing that they'd managed to distribute the newspaper to me in three hours. And they did that to every major airport in the world. But it didn't really matter because once the internet turned up and news was the first industry that was disrupted, then however fast they could physically deliver that, I could get it immediately on my phone. Uh, or in those days, it wasn't a phone, of course. In those days, it was a computer. Uh, so the, the mistake the newspapers made was, was something a lot of industries made. They forgot that their core business was providing high-quality news and information. They decided their core business was distributing paper with things printed on it. And they lost because they forgot what they were doing. And now we've come back a full circle. It's the same with the music industry. Uh, now, now we're starting to move into much more serious industries with this revolution as confidence has gone up. So cars are becoming software experiences. That's, that's really uh, what competition looks like. Uh, it's more important now about how your software works in a car than the size of an engine. Uh, uh, especially to the younger generation. I, we see the same with banking. Banking is not about going to a bank anymore. Uh, what is banking? Banking is about the convenience of sharing and distributing money with, in a safe and secure way with people. Uh, the, uh, I saw the business plan for Twitter recently where uh, the uh, the big opportunity is quoted by Elon Musk is really to turn it into a payment platform. It's to make it a bank because it's got 200 million customers and it has a protocol. So you can reimagine what it means to be uh, in the business that you are in. And I think that is both the challenge and opportunity for telecom at the moment. It's It's got very good at running physical networks that are very large scale, but it's not very good at seeing the opportunity of taking part above that and collaborating with other software ecosystems. Uh, and if you can't do that, you tend to get left behind. And, and that's been a little bit the challenge in the telecom industry, I think. I can see your point. In fact, I was reading something just this week about how buying a car and, you know, you mentioned Elon Musk, buying a Tesla is, is more of a software experience than it's actually a driving experience. Um, and, and I like the analogy f uh, for telecoms as well. So uh, let me ask you this then, uh, piggybacking on your, your point about, you know, this, this rethinking innovation in our sector. Um, when we talk about these open ecosystems, you know, open RAN, now there's talk about open core, all that uh, sort of rethinking of how these ecosystems exist within telecoms. There is some, there is some an, a, a analysis to be done around how open it really is. You see the major vendors uh, making a move towards open RAN, for example. Um, you see... Um, uh, really the same names, some new players coming in, but th that promise of getting a larger ecosystem might seem to not be 
really being realized. So I guess my question for you here is, is when you look at Rakuten Symphony, you've got this platform that you've built in-house, initially, of course, for Rakuten. Now you have an opportunity to, to apply it to other, other vendors. How open, sorry, CSPs, of course, not, not vendors. How, how open is that platform? Is it, um, is it a part of that revolution or are we just essentially calling these things open, but we're still attaching ourselves to, to the same number of uh, ecosystem players? Yeah, and, and I think this is a really, really good question. And, and I'm glad that, that you asked it. Uh, I think the, the starting point is for us to understand that open in its own right is not an answer it's an enabler to an answer. And then people can choose an answer that they want to have. So what I mean by that is if you look at anything that's built in the world and you take it apart, even from kind of inside cars with with certain size bolts and certain size nuts, there are standards so that then there are choices that can be made about where you can supply those parts from. And then you can make choices about how much of that you want to assemble yourself and how much of that you want to have pre-assembled, which is a, a business choice. You can, uh, I mean, you can take it into any aspect of your life, this. You can choose to buy a pre-built house. You can choose to modify a house that is half-built or you can choose to completely design your own house. And there's always the same components and the same bits that fit together that go into making that. Uh, but the, the actual way that you put things together has to be decided for what you want to achieve as a business. So in, if we take Rakuten Mobile, which I think is our best working example, for us, having open interfaces was a prerequisite to allow us to actually build an operating system above that that allowed us to configure everything without the involvement of humans. So the open interfaces was not the answer. It allowed us to optimize the cost of the parts and we lowered cost 40% just in the actual capex investment level but the enablement above that that allowed us to program those individual elements in a horizontal way actually allowed us to grow the network without having to increase the headcount continuously and have any physical person touching that so in rakatan mobile uh, we literally, the software platform, and now we, in Rakuten Symphony, we sell this under the name of SimWorld. But you you go into a browser and you you plan your coverage area. And then you actually, based on what you need to solve that coverage, it builds an inventory and parts list that goes into an inventory system. You actually build and commission the site and that automatically, you scan barcodes when you, you, know, you build it. The moment you plug it in, it automatically configures itself and lights up and it's online and it's in operation. And then as people use the network, we find if, if coverage is bad in a certain area, 
The system actually intelligently tells us there's bad coverage and it raises a ticket to trigger the planning people to understand the best way to fill that, either by changing the power levels, the you know interference levels, planning a new site. Uh, the, uh, everything is automated at that software layer. Now, at the hardware layer, at the radios, we have radios coming from nine different vendors today. There was a, an announcement today. We actually gave the numbers out, and it might be good to put in the show notes. But we have nine different radio vendors. Uh, most networks maybe have two. Uh, so we have diversified our supply chain in a way at the hardware level that makes sense. And at the software level, because we integrate it all automatically, we can choose very flexibly again to have different suppliers that actually are coming in because we integrate it once in software. We automate the testing. We automate the deployment, and it becomes very easy then. It's exactly how a modern software business works. You, you don't. One of the problems telecom has is it takes 12 months to roll something out. We need to take that down to two weeks, if not two days, if not two hours. Uh, and there's no reasons we can't do that if we're interested in actually understanding how a software system works. I think you're being kind with with a 12 month comment. Um, <laughs> uh, but certainly, certainly a starting point for that uh, to to cut back. That's for sure. Um, well, let me let me uh, steer the conversation a little bit towards what you see um, next for Symphony. Obviously, as uh, Chief Marketing Officer, you must have very clear ideas of where you're headed uh, in terms of product and partnerships. It almost feels unfair to ask because I feel like Symphony has been around for uh, you know half an hour when we think about these uh, this 12-month cycle, right? It's a relatively new name, although, of course, you come from Rakuten, which has been a player in, in telco for, for longer. But where do you see um, where do you see this this technology, this platform headed? Where would you like to be, perhaps in in twelve eighteen months? Um, and you know, you mentioned SimWorld. Uh, is that uh, is that a progression? Do you have more in the pipeline? What can you tell us? Essentially, I'm sure there's there's plenty we can't hear about yet. But you know, give us a, a bit of a, a a soundbite at least of what we can expect from you guys. I mean, what we're very excited about is that. I uh, uh, what we start to see is is a customer base in in telecom, especially in mobile operators, that have decided that they want to change. We have more incoming customer requests than really we have bandwidth to answer, uh, uh, which is always a great place to be. The places uh, that uh, we want to focus on is that. Uh, the, the enemy of our success is the status quo. And the enemy of our success is, is like moving too slowly. So what we have really built in our SimWorld platform is, is a platform that allows you to accelerate the change with like hyperscale economics. So and hyperscale economics means that you can grow exponentially, you know, your new rollout plans, but keep the same cost structure. You don't have to increase the headcount because it's all in software. Uh, uh, so uh, we are uh, engaging 
We're engaging in every region of the world now, pretty much, except for the ones that we just don't want to engage in for for political reasons, obviously, uh, that are obvious. Uh, And the conversations that excite us the most are the ones that want to uh, prove that the new coverage areas, the new ways of working, uh, the new needs that they have, say it's an overlay, it's a densification problem, uh, 4G densification, brand new 5G coverage, uh, kind of retirement of 2G and 3G coverage. Uh, we're interested in engaging those customers, helping them understand what works the best to solve their problem from a business point of view, and then accelerating their ability to deploy it. Uh, you know, uh, as cost-effectively as possible. So I really think Rakuten Symphony is in the business of acceleration. And I think telecom, to keep up with the modern world, the, the challenge is how, how to do that as quickly as possible so you can take part in the next, uh, the next wave of growth. And we know this is coming. I mean, we wake up every morning. It's, we, we have more and more devices that are autonomous. We have more and more requirements on real-time data analytics uh, uh, at the edge that's high bandwidth, high sensitivity. We have Mark Zuckerberg releasing new headsets around Metaverse all the time. We know uh, uh, all of those use cases have to be supported with the next generation of infrastructure. Uh, And that's going to be a combination of cloud and telecom. And the question is, uh, is how those two things most benefit each other. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up benefiting in software. The collaboration will happen in software. I, if there's one thing to remember, I think it's that. Well, there you go. Some, uh, some parting thoughts there. Um, and, and I think um, a good... A good stopping point to catch up perhaps in, in a, a year or so to see if we have managed to accelerate because I think it's no easy task. Um, but clearly, uh, and hopefully you guys are up to it and, and will certainly cause a, a shift in the telco industry. And, and for that, I wish you good luck. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Well, well, let's let's like book a date. Let's come back in a year's time and uh, and compare notes. That that will be interesting. <laughs> that sounds like a, a good plan, Jeff. Well, listen, Jeff Hollingworth, Chief Marketing Officer at Rakuten Symphony. Thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your thoughts. I think we could have spoken for a long while, but hopefully, this is a a bit of a hook to get folks to think about how they can accelerate whatever they're working on and and uh, find new ways of doing things and uh, you know of course find partners such as Rack and the Symphony to make that happen thank you so much for your time really appreciate um, you joining us today uh, thank you for the invitation wonderful well for those of you listening as always we'll be back next week with more but in the meantime do follow us on fiercewireless.com for more coverage and for the show notes you'll find some details as well on what jeff has shared so until next time thanks for joining us and take care bye-bye